All right, biohackers, who doesn't love a yummy, creamy whey protein shake? Oh, it is such a treat. And I really love it as a meal replacement, post-workout recovery, maybe even a midday snack. So this is why I have to tell you about Puri Protein Powder. I absolutely love the bourbon vanilla flavor and the chocolate, but I think I got to go with the, the vanilla as my favorite. So it's smooth, it's delicious. And you know what else? It's pretty awesome that the flavors come from real natural ingredients like the bourbon vanilla seeds from Madagascar. And let's talk about quality because there's a lot of junk whey protein on the market that I would not recommend. So the Puree whey protein, it comes from pasture-raised cow's milk with no hormones, no GMOs, and no pesticides. This is because Puree's mission has always been to be the best at offering pure, clean, and superior products that, that support health and well-being. And what I think truly sets them apart is that they are fully transparent with their product testing. Every batch is third-party tested against more than 200 contaminants and certified clean by the Clean Label Projects. Not all brands can say this. Plus, each product contains a QR code so you can personally scan it and review the test results at home. I know you're excited to try it out. So what you're going to do is head on over to puri.com slash biohackerbabes. That's P-U-O-R-I.com slash biohackerbabes. And then make sure you use promo code biohackerbabes at checkout to save 20%. All right, let's get back to the show. We're digging deep and asking the questions we need to ask. Years of stress and not just emotional. I was depleting my body. I was malnourished. I'm working out like crazy. I'm eating all these healthy foods. How could I not be well. We have to get back to the basics. We can change the way our genes are expressed. Anyone that wants to improve their health or upgrade their health, they should be biohacking. My name is Renee. And I'm Lauren. We are the Biohacker Babes. We're sisters and we're joining forces to empower you to become your own biohacker and upgrade your life. The Biohacker Babes podcast aims to create insight into the body's natural healing abilities strengthen your intuition, and empower you with techniques and modalities to optimize your health and wellness. Because life is too short to not feel your best every single day. This podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of the Biohacker Babes. I am Lauren. I'm here with my sister Renee. Hello. <laughs> we have Dr. Michael DeMarco with us today on the show. We are talking about brain health all month, so we are just continuing this conversation, but we welcome Dr. DeMarco. Here's a quick bio for you to lead in. Dr. Michael DeMarco obtained his doctorate from the University of Bridgeport College of Chiropractic, the only university-based chiropractic program in the country, and is also one of the co-founders of one of the fastest-growing sports nutrition companies in the country, Shreds Supplements. 
Armed with a passion for fitness, Dr. DeMarco uses his extensive knowledge in sports rehab and nutrition to help his patients achieve results that get them back to their lives faster without having to worry about re-injury. Boy, I'm all about that. <laughs> Welcome, Dr. DeMarco. How are you? Welcome. I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you as part of our brain month and hear what you've been up to. Yeah, so give us a quick update about what you're doing. So I actually uh, sold my practice earlier in the year um, to focus on working with people one-on-one and virtually because I felt like that entire model, the medical model, just it just doesn't work, especially when you're trying to do things beyond just not being sick. When you're trying to do things beyond like into more like performance and like biohacking, like being better than just, okay. Like optimizing. Yeah. Optimizing. That's really my main focus right now. That's like what I'm doing. Um, and all of that is built around brain health and upgrading your brain and your nervous system. So are you doing all virtual one-on-one coaching now? Yeah. Right now, all virtual one-on-one. Very cool. So what got you into the brain health side of everything? So as a chiropractor, the chiropractic is built around focusing on upgrading your nervous system, your brain, your spinal cord. That's why you adjust someone's spine in the first place. So that was kind of like how I got started into it. And I'll just on my own, my own personal interest going deeper into like meditation and plant medicine and stuff like that. I got super interested in actually consciousness and upgrading my own consciousness and our brain and our spinal cord and our nervous system is really our interface to do all that. So in order for, this is kind of my way of helping people to elevate their consciousness through their biology. That makes sense. Yeah, that's great. Are you still working with the same patients or clients you had at at the chiropractic office? Did that sort no. of transfer over or you, you sort of saw another gap and wanted to fill that? Uh, most of my people that I work with now are online marketers, entrepreneurs, like people in that space. So in my practice, worked with a lot of athletes and a lot of people in fitness and also the general public as well. So it's just a different box. Like when you, when you go into an office like that, where my office was multidisciplinary. We had chiropractic, physical therapy, acupuncture. There's a lot of that that now. We had whole body cryotherapy. People go in and they expect you to fix them. In this context, (laughs) it's more of Mm -hmm. like, I can show you how to fix yourself. Hmm. It's much more empowering. Yeah, that entire, that's exactly it. That entire system to me is very disempowering. And when you wake up to that, it's so hard to stay in it. and feel good about it. Yeah, absolutely. I understand that. Yeah. So people are finding you more so not maybe because they're sick or dealing with an illness, but they want to upgrade their brains. Maybe like you said, they're an entrepreneur doing online business. So it's really like that human optimization piece. Yeah, absolutely. Like sometimes people will start with like, maybe they have like some kind of injury or illness and like that's where it starts or like headaches Mm -hmm. or something. But That's like, to me, that's very easy to resolve once you know what to do. And it's about going beyond that because we can do things that, you know, most doctors, like we can do things that we really think we can't sometimes. Like our abilities are so far beyond what we think we can do. 
totally. So everyone needs this, really. Yeah, maybe. Some people don't. Yeah. Some yeah. people don't want it. Some people don't want it, but yeah. you agree that everyone needs it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think you're attracting the people that do want it. Yeah, people that want that stuff and people that resonate with what you're offering are always going to show up if you're putting it yeah. out there. Very yeah. true. So just for some context, I met you at a wellness event in New York, and that day you were speaking about meditation specifically, and I was really interested in what you had to say about meditation and sort of like what people are missing, like why we're missing the mark with meditation, maybe why it's not so successful every time that people try to venture down that pathway. Can you talk about your own meditation practice, how you've brought it into your practice with your clients? I think at at that event... It was like a, a biohacking event mm-hmm. and each speaker was asked, what's your favorite biohacking tool? And to me, it's meditation. Meditation is our way of getting to know ourselves and getting our, getting out of our own way so we can tap into all these abilities that we have. And a lot of people just use it for like stress reduction, which is fine. And they'll get, they'll get told to meditate for like, five to 10 minutes and they'll never go really any deeper than that. So they're kind of taking a time out, which is beneficial. Right. right. Because when you reduce minutes. stress in the body, you're going to have like beneficial effects. You're going to reduce cortisol. You're going to reduce all these stress hormones that you're going to actually allow your body to start healing itself better. You're going to feel better. But I believe that it's a tool to go beyond just feeling better. And that doesn't really happen for most people until you start lengthening the time and allowing your brain to start dropping into these deeper brainwave states and really start tapping into that. What do you think is the optimal length of time for meditation or is it different for everyone? I think it's different for everyone, but just in my experience, my own experience, this is not like scientifically uh, validated because you would have to do a study for that. Yeah. (laughs) More than 20 minutes. And most people have 20, like if you feel like Uh, You're having trouble doing 20 minutes. You need to go longer and try to do like an hour. I feel really good at 30 minutes. I don't know. That seems to be like my magic number. Yeah. but It's different for everyone. I think once you have experience with it, you can meditate for shorter periods of time and get the same effect Mm. because you're training your brain to drop into those deeper brainwave states. Yeah. So how long do you personally meditate? Uh, Sometimes 20 minutes, sometimes an hour when I feel like things going on in my life aren't going the way that I want, I'll meditate longer. So you allow the space for a longer meditation and your body, you sort of allow your body to tell you when you're done or have like sunk in enough. Well, if I'm like sitting in a meditation and I feel like getting up, like I'll keep going till I don't feel that anymore. Until you don't feel the urge to flee. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. 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 that, That means that your sympathetic nervous system hasn't calmed down yet. Ah, that's a really great point. Wow. So if you're yeah. feeling like a little agitated or like thinking about what you need to do next, it's not enough. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It should all like it should feel like by the end of the meditation that time hasn't really changed that much. Like was that was only it should feel like only five minutes if it was an hour. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have a really great free meditation that's available through your website. We can share that link with everyone if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I did it and I really loved it. Your voice is really soothing. There's like some amazing audio track in the background that just really helped me sink in. But yeah, I personally feel great. I I do transcendental meditation, which is a 
it's really a 20 minute meditation with some buffer time on either end. And that whole theory is you do need time to sink in. Yeah. I sort of liken it to doing endurance training. If you're running, it's like the first 10 minutes are really not enjoyable. And then once you sort of get past that hump, that's when you really sink in and start getting the benefits. So I try to think about it in that way. But that's interesting. Do you find that um, as you've been doing it longer and longer, it's easier to get into that state? Like, I wouldn't say it's easier to get into that sunken place. Yeah. But it is easier for me to sit there for that longer period of time. I wouldn't say that I always achieve Mm -hmm. that level where I go deeper Mm -hmm. and deeper and deeper. I can't click into that always, but that like agitation, that, that need, or that feeling of needing to get up and, and go do something else definitely fades away with time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. I feel like the first five minutes, if I'm very stressed that day, mm-hmm. the first five minutes, I'm like, come on, come on, come on. And my brain's yeah. like, get up, get up, get up. <laughs> yeah. Once you get through that and then you come out on the other side, you're like, wow, I really needed that. Well, there is a way to like actually hack that. Okay, tell please us. tell us. That's why and we have you here. <laughs> it's it's with breath work, like doing mm-hmm. breath work. And there are so many different kinds of breath work will allow you to get past that place of like feeling like you want to get up and that anxiety because it'll change your chemical state. It'll change your nervous system state. And just like transcendental meditation where you're focusing on a mantra, it allows mm-hmm. you to focus on one thing so you can kind of forget about everything else. So you're just focusing yeah. on breathing. Right. Yeah. Um, and you could do like Wim Hof breathing. You could do one of the breath works that I really love is a soma breath work, which is a variation of Wim Hof. There's like all different kinds of Kundalini breath works and pranayama, but mm-hmm. box breathing, there's all different kinds. So I love just, box breathing. That seems to work well for me. Mm-hmm. And what's the nostril breathing where you hold alternate nostril? Yeah. Alternate nostril. That I like that too. Like, I don't know what it's called, but it works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's just, so many. There's the, and the, the seven breathing. I like the seven counts so many, but what's your favorite? Um, well, my favorite right now is, uh, I really love Soma breath work, which is a variation of Wim Hof combined with like, kind of like some holds and stuff like that. Where you're like holding and you're squeezing the energy up your spine, which you're actually squeezing your cerebrospinal fluid up your spine to, to kind of activate your pineal gland a little bit. It's like a closed system. So, oh, very cool. It's by this guy, uh, Renegade Pharmacist. He has a YouTube channel, and there's some some free meditations on that as well. Like, I recommend checking them out. Very cool. How did you first get introduced to meditation? Was it in school? Um, No. So, I was doing pretty good in my practice, and I felt like there was another level to what I was doing. Like, I felt like there was something holding me back, and I didn't know what it was. So I went to this event that my friend brought me to and I heard this guy speak and he was a coach. So I hired him just to like help me get to the next level that I didn't know existed. And one of the things that he taught me was a meditation similar to the one that I have, which is like a four phase meditation. And that was like my entry point to it. And the first time I sat down and did that meditation I went to this place where I was like creating this reality that I wanted to exist, but I didn't know if it was possible to exist. And all the stuff that I kind of pictured in my mind during that meditation has like come to fruition. So it was like a visualization slash meditation. That was the first time I got into it. And I tried doing like headspace 
and those apps, and they're okay, but I, I find a lot of people have trouble with them. Well, they're not uh, teaching the tools to actually go deeper to understand the practice, right? So yeah. how would you advise someone that's that's starting out to go down the right path? I would start with breath work. Yeah. Just pick one, get started with that. And then after you're done breathing, then sit and see how long you can sit. So mm-hmm. calm your nervous system with the breath and then it should be easier yeah. to access. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I, I I used to do a lot of kundalini yoga, which is the yoga of awareness. And they do a lot of like breath work with movement. And most yogas you do at the end, you do the, you know, lie down and kind of meditate. But slash fall asleep for some people. Right. But that breath work was like <laughs> yeah. psychedelic. Like ah. I had open eye visual experiences doing like partner meditations during that uh doing that kind of that kind of work stuff when I closed my eye it was almost like doing a ayahuasca or something like that and doing that stuff and doing breath work which I've had some of my most profound experiences doing breath work helped me realize deeper the power that we have inside of our body that we don't really need these outside substances to achieve those states hmm. isn't that interesting something as easy and free as breath that we're not using yeah so how do you convince people that breath is so important? How can we convince people? I think they just have to experience it for themselves. And it even goes down to the mechanics of like how you're breathing. In my practice, one of the things I would ask people to do when I was examining them was to breathe. And a lot of people don't even breathe properly mechanically. So they end up getting neck pain, shoulder pain, a lower back issues because their rib cages don't even move because of the way that they breathe. Mm-hmm. And then when they're breathing improperly, they're going to have an, an acidic environment in their body. They're going to have inflammation, like chemically. Um, they're going to feel terrible because if you change the way you're breathing, it'll also change your emotional state. We all, we all maybe seen like Ted talks and stuff on that, or yeah. change the way you're standing and your posture, you'll feel different. And breathing does that too. Right. It's so you out of that fight or flight stress response. Yeah, or it can put you in it. Like you can put yourself in it or you can take yourself out of it by mm-hmm. just doing a breath. So like breathing is one of these things that like layered, it, it affects you physically, uh, mentally, and emotionally. Yeah, that's great. It's probably best to work with a professional, right? Because how who else is going to point this out to people? Like our friends are not walking around saying, oh, you're not breathing. <laughs> right. Well, it's one of those things that when you work with somebody, it can speed up the process. But if you learn how to like listen to your body, you'll find the answers. That is the toughest thing in the world for people listening to our bodies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm always constantly still discovering things about my own body. For example, like I just kind of accepted the fact that I can't have nightshade vegetables. When I was younger, I used to eggplant would give me like this kind of itchy feeling in my throat and like I'm Italian. So like tomatoes and eggplant and like potato, that's like, you have everywhere. to eat it. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Italian. You can't come to dinner. <laughs> right. Especially like potatoes. They're everywhere in the American diet. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I cut that stuff out, I always had this like kind of brain fog that would like come and go. I haven't had that since. And it's because I wasn't listening to my body because mm. I looked out and I saw like everybody else is like doing it. So it must be okay. Right. Yeah. Instead of fully, truly listening to my body and, you know, cutting out something like that really made a big difference for me. 
Yeah. Really tuning in and being aware is essential. So. Yeah. And that's just one aspect of it. Like we have these pain in our body that t- is also telling us something and we try to cover it up or get rid of it instead of like listening to it and really figuring out why we have it. Like, what is it telling us? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely experienced that. I was having really bad back pain. I mean, this was like 20 years ago and you know, I just like took some Tylenol and kept dancing. And then I ended up with two stress fractures. I'm like, wow. Oh man, if I had just slowed down and listened to my body and my doctor, that would have been helpful as well. But yeah, you got to just tune in. So many people need help with that. Yeah. But uh, there's a lot of people out there that think if you have pain that you can take Tylenol or take an NSAID and that's actually doing you some good, right? Like there still is a huge block out there. Oh, absolutely. Huge disconnection to the signals from the body. So I like this idea of, of using the breath to reconnect to that and, and listen, because you're right. It's all the answers are right there. Yeah. In philosophy and all these different kind of traditions, we're told we have the answer inside. And we think it's just like a saying or something cool to say or something that feels good to say, but it's <laughs> actually really true. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I've heard about people like dreaming about certain things and like trying to control their dreams to tap into that. Um, and I've also heard that ayahuasca can be used for that. I would love to hear about your experience. I know you went, you've been to Rhythmia. I assume you did the ayahuasca there. Yeah. I, I would love to hear about your experience and anything you have to share about that. And yeah, maybe so- just explain what ayahuasca and, and Rhythmia is to our audience just really quick in case anyone doesn't know. Yes. Good point. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, so um, ayahuasca is a plant medicine that's made up of two different plants. One plant, the ayahuasca vine, is an MAOI inhibitor, and you take another plant that has DMT in it, which is one of the most psychoactive substances known to man. And the MAOI activates DMT, and the experience lasts about you know five hours, depending on different things like how much you take, your tolerance, and all that. And Rhythmia is this place in Costa Rica that does plant medicine ceremonies with an entire program around it. I went there back in 2017, I mean, 2016. And then I went back to, as a teacher in 2017. And oh, very cool. Yeah. Doing that was definitely one of the craziest experiences of my life. It, <laughs> I can see on your face, you're just experiencing uh, it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard some stories from other people that have done that. So yeah, I know. And, it's not, you know, when I first did it, I thought that everybody should experience this. Everybody should do it. And looking back now, I think you have to be ready for it. I think you have to be prepared for it. I don't, yeah, I don't think, absolutely. I don't think it's something everybody should do because hmm. it'll open you up and wake you up to things that you conscious, like you intellectually know about life and about how things work and maybe about your own life. But until you experience it, you'll see if you don't have a situation that you can change to align with your new version of reality that you have after doing something like that, it can lead into like depression and things will start to fall apart in your life to make room for that new person that you are, mm-hmm. for the new person that's showing up. And it can bring up a lot of turmoil. And a lot of people will get stuck and thinking that the plant medicine is the answer. And they'll go mm-hmm. keep doing more ceremonies and more ceremonies and more ceremonies. And if you're ready for it, it can be truly life-changing and something that you should experience. If you're not ready for it, 
you can get stuck in this loop where you're constantly doing plant medicine and looking outside for the answers. It's almost like that same, that same thing where you're disempowering yourself thinking that you need the ayahuasca, you need the mushrooms, you need all these substances outside of you when you actually make them yourself. Like you actually make, when you do the work, when you put in the effort, you can have these experiences independent of an outside source. I think doing ayahuasca can show you what it's like to have that experience. And then you have the roadmap to be able to recreate it. But until you do it yourself, it's, it's not the same. Okay. So two yeah. questions. If you're not ready to really show up and, and experience that and see the mirror and have the new reality, what is the alternative to prepare you for that? Definitely meditate, breath work. Like the breath work, right. Yeah, both. I was thinking you would circle back. And then I've always been curious. I know a lot of people that have just gone back time and time again. Like, what is your opinion of what's happening there? Well, what are they what out. are they seeking if they're just going back? Do you think you can keep getting more out of it? Or is there something that's not quite aligning in that practice for them? So ayahuasca to me, it's not the messages that you get aren't always super clear. They're sometimes like a little vague. So you can leave that not having like full clarity. Like you'll feel good. You'll have a new perspective, but you don't always have like this full sense of clarity that you may get by digging deeper into yourself and peeling off those layers uh, through like something like meditation or breath work or just being aware of life, being just aware in your life, because you're going to have things that show up in your life. They're going to tell you things about yourself. So I think a lot of the times those people that keep going back and you can still, you can gain more insights. Like it's not, I'm not saying like, don't do it again. Only do it once in your whole life. But it's still like they're seeking that clarity that they're maybe not going to get from doing that medicine. They're seeking this, this power that we have inside of ourselves to have it all the time by having an external substance give it to them. And it's very easy to get stuck and like keep going back and keep going back. If enlightenment came in a pill or a bottle or a tea, then we all would be enlightened. It would be so easy. Yeah. And yeah. someone would be really, really rich. <laughs> right. It's the yeah. same thing as like if health came in a pill or in a bottle, then your doctor would be the one that would like, you would never get sick again. But that's, yeah. it doesn't, it's the same thing. It doesn't make you healthy to go to your doctor and take a medication. It'll maybe kind of make you okay in the meantime, so you can heal and then take it further with, you know, diet, exercise, and like your own lifestyle changes. Plant medicine can kind of bring you to a level that can maybe make it easier for you to make those lifestyle changes, in my opinion. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that totally makes sense. No, it like shows you kind of like what you're tapping into with meditation and breath work. And you're not just doing it for this like stress relief reason, like just right. to feel better. It gives yeah, more meaning, still meaning a lot of it. work. You have to show up and do the work. Yeah, but it gives more meaning to it. It's like, I'm doing, now I know why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. It's almost like if someone that has diabetes, they go to their doctor, the doctor puts them a metformin. It's like, okay, temporarily yeah. that could help, right? But on the side, you still have to do all the work. You got to exercise, you got to manage your stress, sleep, eat better, right? Right. But, and you have to do those, like it's doing the work to make it useful and valuable to you. And then also afterwards, like keep on doing the work to, integrate that experience. Because when you do these plant medicines, they actually change your brain chemically and make your brain more neuroplastic. So 
when you go and have these experiences, if you don't change your habits when you go home, then you're going to just like reinforce those old habits. It's like giving you an opportunity to change who you are. And then you're just not taking advantage of it because you didn't change. You start doing the steps that you needed to take in order to, to do that. So then you go back and think that plant medicine is going to change it for you. When you, you have to be part of that co-creation. You can use it as a tool, absolutely, to change a habit. Mm-hmm. But um, you have to actually change the habit. Right. I really love that word, co-creation. I'm so glad you said that. Because it's a never-ending journey, right? There's always more. We can always go deeper. But we're always yeah. going to have to show up and, and keep committing. That's yeah. a great point you made about Metformin, Renee. It, it's funny because people see a window of opportunity to to level up, but it comes with all this other responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's the right, that's the other side of it that we have to commit to, which is yeah. so difficult. And it's like the meditation. It's like, okay, we can turn on headspace and show up for that, but what's the other what's the other half? Yeah. And it, it shows you why you're doing it, why you're living. I think that's the most valuable thing that you can get out of any of those experiences. It's like going to a job that you, you hate because you don't know why you're doing it. Mm. And then finally you go and like, let's say you work at Disneyland and you build like rides and you never saw anybody going on a ride and having the enjoyment of being on that ride or going through the experience that you helped create. And then you finally go and you see somebody have an amazing experience that changes the rest of their life. You start to show up different to your job and doing these things like meditation, plant medicine, show you why we're here, show you why you're living. Yeah. It's funny you use that Disney analogy because I actually worked at Disney World and I had had that exact experience where after a couple months, I was dreading waking up and going to work at Disney, which like I never thought that would happen, but it was- Yeah, that's insane because she's obsessed with Disney. Everything. obsessed. (laughs) But it was like the behind, behind the scenes, like the underground tunnel and like dealing with management, you know, like that kind of stuff. And then I would go out and be with the people in the park and you see the magic and the excitement in their face. And you're like, this is why I'm here. And then it would all, you know, come back and be amazing. But yeah, um, yeah, that's a really good point. No, because to create something like that, something new and something different and something innovative, like you have to work really hard and you don't always see the end of it or why you're doing it while you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's like what life is like. Like you don't always see why you're doing it while you're doing it. Step back to see the big picture. Right. And to have those, those times where you can step back and see the big picture and see the meaning of it it helps you elevate your life and like why you're doing it. I'm also hearing that you're trying to convey like the sense of connection and community, right? Like, isn't that why we do plant medicine? That's why we do meditation to see our connection to other people and like the world at large, because we are so small and without our connection, we are nothing. So it seems like that's sort of really the end goal here is to feel our connection. Well, yeah, it's a... I think one of the most valuable things for me is to literally see yourself in somebody else um, and to experience yourself as somebody else. Because what, one of the problems with today is that we do see every, all these other people as separate than us and different than us. And we are different and unique, but we're also the same. And we're also connected. And I could have had the same opportunity to be a born you than I did as I did me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And when you start realizing that, you start treating people different. You start seeing people different. I don't know. I think the separate to like seeing things as so separate is causing a lot of turmoil in people's lives now. And it's something that we have to go back to, like that connection, our connection to each other, our connection to the earth, our connection to the universe. Like we are all part of this, this thing that's constantly expanding. Right. Yeah. We're so disconnected, like you said, from the earth, from nature. I think that's a big contributor of that. And I think just taking a minute to, you know, when someone else reacts in some way and you're like, well, what in the world is wrong with that person? You know, taking a second to step back and say, well, what are they going through? Because I mean, we're all going through our own stuff, right? Most yeah. people don't know what you're going through, but taking a minute to think maybe maybe they're experiencing the same thing. And that that brings a deeper connection, I think. Yeah. You can feel that way. So did you experience that when you did Rhythmia the first time? Did you feel a greater sense of connection or did it take a, a moment to step um, outside of that and then come back? So I've done a lot of stuff since Rhythmia. I've done, you know, the ayahuasca Rhythmia a few times, like a bunch of times. Um, the other different substances, like the one that actually helped me experience that connection the most was uh, 5-MeO-DMT, which is from the mm-hmm. Sonoran Desert Toad. And that, for me, even though it's not a long experience... It's like 15 minutes, right? Yeah. And you just, like, it literally removes all of the filters of reality from this highest emotional energetic state, which is love and enlightenment. And everything else, to, in my opinion, like, every emotion, everything is just filtered love. Hmm. It's Hard to that's all we need. Right. That's all that really is. That's all that really exists. And everything else is just filtered of that. And when we're not in that state, it's just we have that energy block somewhere in our life. When our health isn't good, when our emotions aren't good, when our thoughts aren't good, we need to change the frequency that we're on, the amount of energy that's flowing through us in order to, to elevate ourselves to those higher states. Where do you experience that? I'm not familiar with that. I just decided to do it. And it came like one of my friends, he was like, just contacting me. He's like, hey, I have a a shaman that's doing this. Uh, Do you want to do it? And I said, sure. I think we we generate the experiences of our reality from the inside. So like, you'll start to see things show up that you're maybe thinking about or wanting to experience, like the opportunities. Yeah. It's like- Was that in the US? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah. I almost <laughs> want to send our audience to a resource to watch a video on what happens, but they may be scared uh, some away. Of, some of those videos are on YouTube about it are crazy. Yeah. But My mom watched one of them by accident. She was like, I can't be in the room. <laughs> oh, that, I watched that with her. Okay, I didn't know that's what that was. Gotcha. Yeah, and you know that doesn't happen to everyone. It's just like yeah. any other right. psychedelic, like, what you have under the surface will come up and needs to be cleared out. So the way you react may be different than somebody else. So how do you know if you're ready for it? I or think for that. Are we all ready for it? <laughs> if you're ready for it, like you'll feel you'll, you'll know. Like you'll you'll know. I'm just trying to bridge this gap between people that are in the space of just now trying to meditate, struggling to meditate. And then I mean, this is the far end of this the spectrum. Well, I think for that far end of the spectrum to know if you're ready for something like that, you have to, if you're ready to let things go, 
in your life, that's when you know you're ready. Makes sense. Well, so if we could like lay out some steps for the audience, let's say the average person is like on headspace, they're checking into their five minute meditation and they're in their busy day. And maybe the goal is in 2020, I want to be better at connecting to like oneself and the universe and experiencing that the love and compassion and connection that we're feeling. What would you say is like a good roadmap to go from A to, I don't know what the end game is. (laughs) Depends how long the journey is. A to enlightenment, Um, which we never truly accomplish, but going in that direction. I don't know. Maybe we can. We're we're told like you can't accomplish a lot of things like uh, like with law of attraction and stuff like that. Like you can't sit and have things just like magically appear in your life. But I think you can to a certain degree. You know, a lot of the people that say you can't do it have never really tried it. Sure. The idea of doing nothing and having things happen for most people is so counterintuitive they won't even attempt it. Yeah. There's a book uh, called Autobiography of Yogi, which was the one book that Steve Jobs read every single year. And in that book, there's, I don't know if they're true or not, but experiences that this guy, Paramahansa Yogananda, had when he was looking for an enlightened being of people that would just like have doing incredible things. Yeah. So I recommend everybody read that because it'll maybe open your eyes to seeing the possibilities of what you can actually do by sitting and doing nothing. So the first thing I would have people do is get rid of the word busy out Mm. of your vocabulary. (laughs) We're all busy. Oh gosh. (laughs) Shut up about it. (laughs) Because everyone thinks they're too busy to to sit. Yeah. But they're not too busy to watch Netflix or not too busy to scroll on Facebook or Instagram or social media or too busy to even like shop while they're at work, like on their computer. But you're right. Too busy to breathe, too busy to eat, too busy to exercise. Right. Yeah. They just Priorities they just are. don't see the value in it because they don't think that it's going to get them somewhere. Because our society tells us in order to create something in our life, create what we want, we have to be doing. We have to be constantly in motion and action. Mm-hmm. So when you tell somebody to sit and do nothing, and that's going to get them what they want. It yeah, like, it's counterintuitive yeah. to productivity. Yeah, it seemingly. short them. Right? Yeah. So get rid of that, that word out of your vocabulary and just do it. Like open yourself up to like maybe having more of like an active meditation, like breath work at first for a lot of people will be easier to kind of break past that idea of doing nothing to get something. And then after your breath work, sit as long as you can, and then keep extending that longer and longer until finally you're at like an hour a day. And if you can't do an hour at once, maybe we do an hour two sittings. I think with transcendental meditation, you're actually supposed to sit twice a day, right? Twice a day. Yeah. For like 22 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you end up doing almost an hour. Yeah. And that's a great place to start. And then read the book. Right. Yeah. We'll definitely have to link to that. Yeah. And a lot of people will read it, I think, and not believe some of the stories that are in it, but who cares if they're real or not? I haven't read it yet. So I'll have to add it to my list. It's a great book. And I think it shows up in your life when you're ready to read it. I love that. Okay. Maybe that's today for me. (laughs) (laughs) The universe is telling me that. So I think, so, all right. So people should maybe check out that book. 
We're going to link to your free meditation so people can check that out. Where else can people find you, work with you? Instagram? Um, yeah, Instagram. My Instagram handle is Dr. DeMarco. Uh, Facebook. I just started a TikTok and I'm okay. going to start YouTube. So great. as of right now, as we're talking, it's not in existence, but it will be. Okay. Maybe by the time this comes out. Yeah. Yes. In 2020. Yeah. yeah. So before we close out, we like to ask our guests if you could give our audience just one piece of advice. And I think we kind of laid out a really nice framework, but if there's something that they can do today, like immediately after this episode that will lead them towards better brain health, better compassion, love, all those things we talked about. I think we probably already answered it, but if we could simplify it even more. Or it could be completely unrelated. <laughs> well, better health in 2020. What is your one piece of advice? So my one piece of advice, like actually is advice from somebody else that I heard it from. It's guy Michael Singer, who wrote the book Untethered Soul. And I went to his place in Florida and I heard him. He does talks like twice a week, which is amazing. Like everybody, if you get the chance, you should go and go there one day. What is just when you have this good feeling, when you're feeling in love and enlightenment and you, you feel good about life, don't try to get, oh, everyone's trying to open themselves up. Once you're open, just stay open. Just stay in that feeling no matter what's happening. So just stay open. Like that's the advice. Like once you have that feeling, once you know what it's like, just stay there. Do everything you can to stay there. Yeah, that's Great. beautiful. How do you know that you're there? <laughs> oh, you know. You'll know it. You'll yeah. feel oh, yeah. it. You'll feel it. Yeah. All right. I love that. <laughs> thank you for sharing. Yeah, that's beautiful. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. So we'll link all of those resources so everyone can find you. And yeah, we're going to spread this mission of breathing, breath work, meditation. And hopefully in 2020, we will all arrive there together. Yeah. Just being better people. Yeah. Being more of our best selves. Yes. That should always be the goal. I just love that word co-creation. I can't stop thinking about that. I'm so <laughs> glad that you brought that up. So let's all co-create and show up for ourselves. I feel like that's going to be on your vision board, Lauren. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It's about cool. conscious co-creation. I'm going to let that sink in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This is really awesome. And we'll continue the conversation because I, I love this topic so yeah. deeply. I know Renee does too. Yes. Well, yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much for having me. It's amazing. Yes. Thank yeah. you for sharing your wisdom. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to our episode with Dr. Michael DeMarco. Uh, we will see you next time. Love this episode of the Biohacker Babes podcast? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. We truly appreciate your support. Until then, happy biohacking. Happy biohacking.